and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you've enjoyed season nine of the podcast. This is the season finale so I do have one request. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast as it's the simplest way to help out the show and it will get me all prepared for season 10. Also find me on social media, tell all your friends about it, share it on your story, I would really appreciate it. This week, I am joined by writer, actor, comedian, and author, Soph Galuston. Hailing from Manchester, Soph says she specializes in being gay and working class, while also being working class and gay. She has written and starred in her own comedy on BBC Three called Peckheads, appeared as a series regular alongside Simon Bird in Everyone Else Burns, and her debut book, No Worries If Not, has just been released, coming in at number one in lesbian poetry. Soph started posting TikToks less than six months ago and she's already amassed over 130k followers. She's gone viral many times for her stereotypical impression of a TikTok lesbian, which is why I've asked her on the podcast. I'm a huge fan, so it's super exciting. In this episode, we discuss the funniest comments on Soph's videos, opportunities she's encountered through her growth on TikTok, misconceptions and stereotypes, how being queer and working class has defined her, the role models she had growing up, and how she hopes to impact people's lives within the gay working class community. Hello, Soph. Hello, Maddie. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm really good. I'm really hot. It is scorching in London in the mo- at the moment, but I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of your TikTok, so I was Thank really you. buzzing when you came back and said you were keen for the pod, so I'm looking forward to our chat. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Me too. Let's jump into our speed date question round, just so everyone listening can learn a bit more about you before we have a discussion I'm really looking forward to as well, because it's not something I've spoken about on the podcast with anyone before. So my first question is, what is your favourite pop culture moment? Okay, so for me, pop culture is defined by x factor auditions amazing that is that is my definition of pop culture so i'm a <laughs> i'm a proper like 2008 x factor girly yeah. so when i think of pop culture i think of like um dawn the apprentice jockey yeah ariel burdett <laughs> uh, debbie stevens i think of like old classic x factor auditions so maybe like Debbie Stevens throwing water over Louis Walsh. That for me is like high key pop culture. Iconic. And what about the guy who brings his brother who goes, come on, move your body? Ant and Seb. Amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I love that it's so good and it's just so cursed but you know what I'm excited for Big Brother this year I think there's going to be some good memes coming out of that stop it I love Big Brother nothing will ever be I can't remember what what, like number season it was but um, Gemma Collins (sighs) Tiffany Pollard Tiffany Pollard David is dead um, th- that for me, I think that's my all-time favourite because I came from Australia, right? So I've been here six years. So I had not been exposed to any of this, any of the Love of Huns memes, any of any. Gem- I didn't oh. even know who Gemma Collins was. And oh then God. someone did the education with me at my job, and they sat me down. And they're like, "These are the videos that you need to familiarise yourself with if you're going to yeah. live in this country." <laughs> and David it's is so dead. True. David is dead. Ooh. It was like it's like I was Ooh. watching it. For the first time, I was watching it for the first time, but everyone around me was like, I can't believe you've never seen this. This is 
insane behavior <laughs> yeah that again that is up there with pop culture moments like oh, so of good all one of the best of all time and also tiffany's speech for Gemma, which is actually featured in my book is it? yeah the shoes that she gave me were not particularly <sighs> shoes i would buy for myself i would have put them back on the rack <laughs> put them back on the rack <laughs> and they should be worn by a beautiful woman and if that is the case <laughs> God, it's so good. So good. My next question is, what is your funniest date story? Oh, okay. Probably one of the funniest is when I was in Thailand uh, with with my girlfriend. Um, and we were going on a little date to a cute um, island, like going mm-hmm. to the island for the day. Amazing. And we had to get a boat there. And I suffer really bad with motion sickness. No. Like horrendously bad. Like I can't even look at like people on a swing because it just makes me ill. And I have oh really my bad. God. I know it's horrendous. I've got really bad vertigo as well. I think I've actually got some up with my like ears, but I, I'm not sure. But anyway, really Mad. bad motion sickness. And the, the sea was super, super choppy. So I was like, oh, oh I'm definitely going to be sick. So we're sat there and we're sat at the bottom of the boat this is a really like old it's not like a nice it wasn't a nice particularly nice boat okay Um, we're sat like in like the depths of the boat and it just Mm -hmm. stinks of like um petrol and it's just awful right and all the windows are closed as well for some (laughs) reason so it's boiling it stinks and I'm just going like flying around this bottom of this boat because it's so so choppy and um I said to my girlfriend I was like look I am gonna be sick and we didn't have anything to be sick in so I was like please go and find me something quickly to be sick anything anything and she looked fine like she doesn't really suffer with motion sickness that much and I'm literally sat there going like heavy breathing like, yeah I was like fully talking to myself and I was like I need you to go and get me a bag quick so she's cut so she's gone she's found a bag from someone and she's on her way back to me like flat again flying across the boat and just before she hands me the bag she threw up in it <laughs> and she like she gave no indication that she was like feeling sick gonna be what? sick and I think it was like seeing me so violently ill. Oh, she God. just all of a sudden started being sick. And then I went into like, I went into like caring mode. So I was yeah. like, oh my God, she's being sick. I need to look after her. But at the same time, I was like, <laughs> so like she's being sick. I'm stroking her back. And while she's being sick, I'm like trying to look straight ahead. And I'm like, I was literally saying to myself, like, you're not going to be sick. You're not going to be sick. And then, like, I like seeing other people be sick makes me sick. Oh, it was same. Hell. It's that sounds horrendous. This happened to me at gala the other day in London because I like I just it was so hot and I drank. I like really sculled like a bottle of water because I was like I needed to get the water in, and then my stomach was like absolutely not. I just threw up on the grass, and then my friend Megan was like oh my god why did you do that and then she just (laughs) threw up too and I was like what the hell she's like you've triggered me now I'm just gonna and then and then because she threw up I threw up again and then it was just like back and forth because we kept triggering each other it was so bad it is really really bad and the worst thing was once we've gotten to this like 
beautiful <laughs> island and everyone had got off the boat my girlfriend was still being sick so like we oh, couldn't move bless. so we're still stuck in the bottom of the boat like flying around this boat while she's being <laughs> sick and I'm thinking I just want to flip and get off oh god it was, oh it was hell not good was it a good trip otherwise though other than that it was a brilliant trip yeah amazing I do love a bit of Thailand it was Thailand right yeah Thailand yeah, it's the first so time nice. I've been it's so beautiful I loved it mm-hmm. so much so good. Um, my next question is, and I'm really excited for this one to hear your answer, what are some of the funniest comments that you've gotten on your videos? Because my favourite thing about <laughs> TikTok is, you know what it, my favourite thing to do is, is I try and guess what the, the top comments will be and yeah. then I click on the comments and then I'm like, I was right, like everyone wants to know that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the comments, like when I'm scrolling through TikTok, sometimes the comments on other people's videos are yeah. funnier than the video. Yeah. Which I just love so much. So I think maybe my best kind of comments are things like, um, you have really pretty eyes. Do you have diabetes? (laughs) What? Yeah, exactly. People are so random. Like, what the hell? Or like, your hair hair is so nice. Um, Then just asking me about like a health condition, which I don't have. Yeah. which is just so funny yeah that's really good um I like it when people say stuff like my therapist will be hearing about this <laughs> they're my favorite that's um, good some people say like going to divorce my husband now <laughs> those ones are quite funny <laughs> to be honest people like depending on the video yeah. the comments are so 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 good in so fact, funny. if I if I literally if I got video up now, yeah, let's have a quick look. Oh my gosh! Okay, so people always tell me that I look like H. Oh my god, that's not a compliment. So people say I look like Aaron Taylor Johnson, which makes what? me laugh so much. People say <laughs> I look like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. What? what? Vin Diesel, I get all the time. <laughs> when you do the eyebrow thing, though. Like TikTok lesbian wakes up, that so is very, that's giving Vin Diesel. Like is that, it? And that's actually giving The Rock because The Rock does that like, I can't do it. The, he do- yeah, he does. The one-up eyebrow. It's so true. Or when I do things in public, people are like, not in public. And I'm like, <laughs> I actually love, I love not doing in it in public. I think oh. maybe the comparisons make me laugh the most. Like you look yeah. like so-and-so. Um, yeah. Because sometimes I do see it a little bit. Yeah, I can weirdly see the Aaron Taylor Johnson one, and I don't know how, but it's like an energy. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Probably the comparisons are, are like are the best ones. And in a bit of a different vein, but still on TikTok, what wider impact do you hope to make through your platform that you have on TikTok? Um, <clears throat> I think like supporting women in comedy, representing mm-hmm. women in comedy, um, representing the LGBTQ plus community, just defying the stereotype of women not being funny. Um, mm-hmm. I personally don't think there's enough like gay women in the media across all platforms, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, it is just about making people laugh. Like my videos are really stupid and like they're really lighthearted. So like the core of them is is to just you know to just be funny. Yeah, um, but I think if whilst doing that, just kind of like representing the communities I'm a part of as well is important for me. 
That's so cool. And tell me everything about your book, which I understand came out in April. No worries yes. if not. No and the themes that the themes that you explore in that, and um, how everything that you've done on Tim uh, Tim Tam on TikTok <laughs> has <laughs> the Australians coming out of me on TikTok has um, fed into that. Yeah. So the book is um, autobiographical. It's called No Worries If Not, and it's a funny-ish story of growing up working class and queer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of split up into three sections, so childhood, teens, and adulthood. Um, and it covers a wide range of themes from sexuality to grief to class, what else, love, so many themes like relationships mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of about how those things progress through different times of our lives if that makes sense but through, yeah. a, through a comedic lens um, it's also a lot of poetry in there as well um, so if I was to use sexuality as an example when I was a child I discovered my sexuality um, when I was a teenager I explored my sexuality Mm-hmm. And when I was an adult, I accepted my sexuality. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. So it's kind of like just taking themes and seeing how they alter in different different periods of your life. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. It's, uh, it's a good book. It's a good, <laughs> me like, it's a, it's a good read. book. It's a great <laughs> I read. I wrote it. It's great. Um, <laughs> but I started, I started doing TikToks after mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. Um, but obviously the TikToks that I do are literally essentially just me. So like there is elements yeah. of the TikTok in the book because the book is very much my voice and yeah. my TikToks are very much, you know, me. So Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. When you said before, um, before our call that the book was already out, I was like, oh my God, I, th- I thought I had to wait. I thought I had to go on the wait list, but I'm just literally going to go on Amazon after this and grab it. So yes, yes, please <laughs> I can't do. wait. Um, I had another question for you about challenges or opportunities that you've encountered through your growth on TikToks. Obviously, it's so fun when you go viral and then you've built a following off the back of that and consistency is key and all those things. But what would you say the challenges or opportunities you've been given are in regards to your growth? Um, So I think opportunities, I've started getting a couple of like collab opportunities and stuff coming through to, um, to work with brands and things like that which I'm really excited about um Mm -hmm. and sort of uh hand selecting um opportunities that I think best reflect me and my brand and you know my voice and the kind of things I want to be involved with Mm -hmm. is really important as well um Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of I'm at the stage of my career with regards to TikTok of just kind of figuring out how that works and like yeah. how I want to move forward with that, um, which is great. But it's, I think having said that, it's also quite easy to like want to take on everything. So if I get yeah. like something through, I'm like, oh, I really want to do that or um, this seems really fun. But I've I've kind of gotten to a stage now where I'm being a bit more selective and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. how is like I'm obviously going to help this brand like Mm -hmm. you know talk about whatever but how is this brand going to help me is now what I'm I'm trying to think of um which is fun I think challenges Mm -hmm. is like always wanting to be better than my last video yeah So like I think 
sometimes there's a certain pressure of like churning out content that's successful Mm -hmm. so if I if I know the videos of the videos are really simple like it's just me doing the same thing basically (laughs) in different scenarios and different Mm -hmm. situations but head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. And like I could do a TikTok and I'll think to myself, like, that is a mint TikTok. Like that is yeah. so funny. Uh-huh. Uh, that has to go viral. Like people are gonna like that. And yeah. then it's will absolutely flop. And I'll yeah. be like, oh no. And then I'll do one, <laughs> I'll do one really, really quickly, won't even think about it. Yeah. Like I did one in the airport and that ended up getting like nine point six million views, which is like insane. Which is my <laughs> highest view TikTok. And I didn't even think about it, plan it, nothing. I just did it. Honestly, it's always like that when it's like the worst TikTok ever. I had a TikTok that got 1.4 million and I'm like, I work so hard on this podcast. I'm like doing like PR, like Instagram, social, Twitter, everything. Did this shit TikTok about a guy that was dumping leaves in the back of my garden and then (laughs) all these people just started like abusing each other and abusing me being like, your garden's disgusting anyway and all this. And I'm like, how is this what goes viral? Like why can't the thing I put my – fucking heart and soul into go viral please it's so true it's like when I post about my book it's like floppalina like there is (laughs) there is nothing like no like floppalina it's 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 giving flop when I post about my book but then I'll literally like bite my lip in one video and it's got like millions and millions (laughs) of views but what I've learned to do is I'm trying to like I'm like right give the people what they want yeah. people want this face they want this character and then yeah. in the comments I'm like hey guys um, yeah. please go and buy my book like <laughs> I know you're not interested in reposting about it but yeah. if you could just check it out that'd be great yeah perfect you know but yeah. you gotta you gotta do what gotta do what works don't you oh and yeah as long as you've got a strategy yeah. go for it love 100%. it And what is one misconception or stereotype that you've encountered and how do you use your content to challenge that stereotype? Um, Well, I think obviously my content is essentially playing up to a stereotype. Yeah. Um, It's kind of me obviously creating this like large character based on a Mm -hmm. stereotype. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, for example, if I have like my hair down in a video people are like, oh, she's actually this or she's actually that. And it's quite, it does make me laugh because like if I have like my hair down in a video, people are like, oh my God, you're actually so pretty. And they're like, (laughs) they're so shocked. Fuck you. Yeah. And I think, (laughs) I think whilst that is so funny and don't get me wrong, those comments make me laugh so much and I do really love them. I think it's like people kind of assume that you can't be both like you can't be both like femme and mask Mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. it's part of a wider 
preconception of what a lesbian is supposed to look like Mm. um which I understand that as I said I'm sort of playing to that stereotype but I'm playing to that stereotype being very aware of it so Mm. like I know what I'm doing but you know in the real world there is there is that misconception that like you can only be one thing and like Mm -hmm. you're either this Mm -hmm. kind of lesbian or this kind of lesbian and I think like uh, I posted a TikTok in a bikini and people are commenting like mask lesbians don't wear bikinis and I'm like oh. and don't get me wrong some of the comments are like funny and like there's yeah. like jokes behind it which I totally love get like I don't want anyone listening to be like oh I, I said that like don't, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. literally don't worry about it I think I think it's just interesting because as I said there is this like assumption about mm. certain groups of people and like I don't really know what kind of lesbian I am. I don't know if I'm a mask lesbian. I don't know if I'm a, a stem, a femme, a whatever, whatever else there is. But like, I am what I am, and I I did wear a bikini. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's I think it's so great that you don't have to fit into a box either, because I think yeah. that's something that's so great about the LGBTQ plus community is that there is no there's no boundaries it's sort of like you can just be who you want to be and that can be fluid and I think that people are starting to understand that a bit more yeah but yeah I think people are so quick to like silo people into boxes and categories that they can understand or that they can comprehend when it, it just doesn't need to be that way yeah 100 percent. and as I said I recognize that there's kind of a there's kind of like thin ice on it because I know that my content yeah is, is playing that stereotype but equally, I am very, I'm very aware of what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and I am aware of like the the bigger picture as well. If that makes and sense. And the intentions there as well, like you've oh, got yeah, the, of in, yeah. So you know, yeah, and you're well educated in that, which is why yeah. you can do these bits so well. You know, mm-hmm. how do you think being part of the queer community and coming from a working class background has defined who you are today, both personally and as a content creator? So I know you touched on this briefly about some of the themes in your book, but I'd love if we could have a bit of a discussion about it just because it's something I've never touched on on the podcast. And when you mentioned it to me before the podcast, I was like really fascinated. So yeah, how do you think it, it has defined you? So I think those sort of qualities are very ingrained in me. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, both as like a from a personal perspective and creatively, Um, Mm -hmm. it's part of every creative process that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from TikToks, I am a writer and an Mm. actor and a stand-up comedian, Um, and I inject those qualities into like everything that I do. So Mm -hmm. um, my writing, for example, I've written a a short comedy for BBC Three called Peckheads, uh, which mm-hmm. is still available on iPlayer, I believe, Love if anyone it. wants to go and watch it. Um, and that is about, you know, the main character, Mel, is um, a gay character. She's very working class and, like, it's about sort of them having a laugh at school but also facing, like, the pressures of being a teenager and being working class and kind of contending with all of those things mm-hmm. um most of my stand-up set is is like about me being gay and working class people say mm-hmm. write what you know and like those I know those things so well because they are who I am and yeah. they define people like people like to say oh I don't like to define myself by being gay or I don't like to define myself by being working class but for me personally I don't have issue with that like I'm mm. very proud 
of being gay and very proud of being working class. And I believe those are like strong qualities in me and they've made me the person that I am. They've certainly got me to where I am as well. Yeah. You mentioned before that you discovered your sexuality when you were quite young and obviously you've written, um, what was it called again for BBC Three? Um, Peckheads. Peckheads, love it. Um, You've written that about uh, teenagers and growing up as well. So growing up, did you have any role models or inspiration, inspirational figures from similar backgrounds who helped to shape your understanding of what it means to be a working class queer person? Um, I think when I was in school, so when I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. I didn't really have, there was not really um, a gay person for me that I looked up to, um, mainly because, like, I just wasn't aware of one at that time. Mm -hmm. There was a Mm -hmm. lot of gay men um, who, you know, I, like, enjoyed you know, mm. uh, following their journey and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. there was no one, there was not a woman that I connected with in that way. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I kind of just found, I was the kind of kid at school that like, I was obsessed with like a couple of teachers at school. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. like that that kid, like female teachers. Yeah. Um, and I kind of found my like solace, if you like, in yeah. them, even though they weren't gay. Um, yeah. that's so nice yeah it is nice it's definitely like in hindsight you know yeah got, like helped me for a lot of things I think um so when I was a kid I was a big fangirl like yes. when I was a teenager I was a fangirl of girls allowed oh my god I know and, <laughs> so she, and random. Cheryl in particular <laughs> um Love I know and that was kind of there's I think in the fan base that I was in at the time loads of them I'd say probably 95% of them were gay um and all in the closet like me and I think Mm. we kind of all like knew that about each other so that was kind of that was like a nice safe haven for me as well and I think now as well when I find people that I like like actors writers musicians whatever that I connect with and I'm like oh I love them I automatically get on wikipedia and mm. like read about their like personal lives yeah and it's so funny because if they're if they've come from a working class background I'm like love them even more yeah or if they've been to like a boarding school I automatically like take a step back yeah and I'm like oh okay like not relatable still, yeah I'm like well they're still good but um you know <laughs> uh, which you know rightly, yeah. or, rightly or wrongly of me that's that's just kind of how I feel about it and then you mentioned there as well about forming relationships with other people in sort of fandoms. Was that online or offline? And I'd love as well to know, like, how do you think your background as a queer working class person has influenced the relationships you've made online and offline? So whether that's in fandoms, whether it's family, friends, relationships, like um, partners, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the fandom was online mm. um, and I ended up, you know, making a lot of friends and, so um, nice. yeah, people that I spent a long time with through that. So that mm. was really lovely. Um, and I know that's actually quite – that's the case for a lot of teenagers as well. They would be part of a fandom for whoever um, and then that's how they meet their, like, people, their crowd, mm-hmm. um, which which I think is so, so, so nice. Yeah. Um, I think 
I'll, I'll often get messages on Instagram from working class creatives expressing their admiration for my work. Um, really? Which, yeah, which I love so much and how they wish to follow a similar path, um, which which I love because I do the same thing. I'll message other working class people that I now look up to and I'll say, like, I love, you know, I love this that you've done and I'm, I've really enjoyed reading about your journey and it's really mm-hmm. inspired me to do this, that and the other, um, which I love. And obviously all my gay friends as well. Yeah. I love so much. Like, um, I've made really good friends with Charlie Marlowe who is obviously oh my a, god I'm obsessed with it yeah who's obviously who is fantastic um so very, funny so funny very talented um also gay as well so it's mm-hmm. kind of like I think you just you you attract the people that would attract you like yeah. you kind of just find your crowd especially in TikTok and like online mm-hmm. in general it's really it happens so quickly you know, mm-hmm. you just like meet your people and you just click and you're like, oh, that's my person. Whether that's they're my person. because of their this, that, and the other. Yeah. So I read nice. something the other day and it was like, it's when you find someone that you don't need social batteries for, like you can that just be good. yourself, like just chill. Like I have my friend Harriet and I'll go around hers and we hang out all the time, but we'll just sit there and like go on our phone, watch a film. Like we won't even speak for like three hours. Yeah, they're the <laughs> like best. We're just they're laying the, there. They're the best friends. They're yeah. the best friends. Because it's like you just know and then you'll just like show them a meme and they're like, love that. Like, yeah, I love it's that. Just so, it's so relaxing to be around people that are like your people, you know? Yeah, 1,000%. So good. I wonder, I always think, how do you think people found those connections in like the 90s and like before that? Like how did they even do that? Do it? I, I, don't, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know either. I think things like creatively have always brought people together. So music. Yeah. Like people mm, meet true. people at like gigs and festivals, and um, mm-hmm. I I feel like that was probably like a a thing mm. that that brought people together, like similar interests and stuff. Yeah, um, that's so true. And like going to see things in real life, like whether that's like film or yeah. art or something, you could just meet like minded friends. Uh huh. Definitely. Yeah. So nice. And how do you feel that um, coming from a working class background? How has that shaped the content that you make on TikTok? I think that so I've always been this like silly character mm-hmm. so it's funny because the whole TikTok lesbian thing I've actually done that like face and been yeah. that person when I was in school <laughs> yeah. so um like I, my girlfriend has um has known me since I was like 13 14 yeah. and like I used to do that for her and she used to find it so funny. So like it's it's always been this like it's definitely yeah. evolved into what it is now, but I've always had this like strange like I've always pulled strange faces and like I'm very mm-hmm. expressioner and like I've kind yeah. of used that in a lot of my comedy. Um yeah. and obviously, you know, a platform like TikTok, mm. which um very much just started as, you know, a sort of a video platform for all sorts of of different content Mm -hmm. is now quite literally changing people's lives like it's like I know that can sound really like far-fetched and dramatic but it literally is so Mm. I'm like so I'm kind of like oh well why shouldn't I like be a part of this and of course and I think being working class as well I'm very like get up and go and I've Mm -hmm. always got everything that I've got at this point to this point of my 
um, career, my life, I've mm-hmm. gotten myself. Like I've not mm. done it with help from anybody else. Yeah. I've worked very, very hard and I've, you know, had a lot of setbacks and a lot of no's and this, that mm. and the other. And it, it kind of, I think when you come from nothing, it gives you a real, real drive to like keep going, keep pushing until you get to where you want to be. So like that's kind of the approach that I'm that I'm going to take on TikTok as well in you know in in very much a more lighthearted way. Yeah, and I think it's so great that you can just be an extension of yourself online like you were saying that you've grown up doing these like faces and that the act and like the bit uh-huh. for your friends. It's sort of like I mean not to take anything away from the hard work that you've put in, but it feels sure. like it's it makes it easier because you're just like, "Oh, I can just do this but just take a little video and put it on Insta yeah. or put it on TikTok, you know, like 1000%. Yeah. It's so nice. The like the laid backness of it is amazing. And mm-hmm. I find that with a lot of the TikTokers that I like and that mm. I find funny, I've, you know, heard them talk about stuff about how, you know, they're just being themselves. And yeah. it's so lovely that we can just like share a part of ourselves yeah. that is, you know, that the other people really enjoy and find really funny and like yeah. you can actually you can actually make a career out of just being yourself but uh-huh. TikTok is such a I don't want to say it's an easy way because it is hard to crack TikTok mm-hmm. is hard to crack but once you've done it and you build your right audience and stuff like mm. that it's it's such a fabulous way to like you know share yourself with with the world and I love how it's changed so much. Like even in the last five years when we were taught, like the word was influencer rather than creator. Yeah. And it's people who are just projecting this fake, like really edited, heavily curated lifestyle on things like Instagram. Mm-hmm. And people idolized it and loved it. And now like everyone's just collectively gotten sick of that and so over it. Like no one wants to see this polished fake version of someone's life. Like they want to see stuff that's actually – like real. real and funny and like someone's real personality coming through so I think it's so cool that everyone's sort of just gone no to that yeah. yes to this you know like it's completely that's, changed yeah. that's such a brilliant point to make as well I've not really thought of it like that but it's so true because I wouldn't say I'm an influencer and I I'd never want to be an influencer I don't yeah. have anything against influencers if that's how you you know if that's mm. how you make your money like that's that's great but I I don't want to be that like I just want to I want to be a creator and I want to Mm -hmm. just create stuff and and I you know I love writing comedy Mm -hmm. I love doing stand-up um I'm obviously an actor as well and like that that's kind of where my passions lie yeah and then obviously doing these like funny things on TikTok as well is is just so much fun so how does using your platform to resent represent and uplift the working class queer voices contribute to your own sense of fulfillment and empowerment I think obviously I'm, I'm doing something that I love and I like enjoy it as myself and I'm proud of who I am and mm-hmm. I'm very open about that and I feel like that would be validating for anyone so like mm-hmm. anyone who's part of the community mm-hmm. or comes from a similar background if they kind of see me being you know present and like doing what I'm doing and creating stuff I feel like that can be quite validating and Mm -hmm. I would just try and like encourage others to try something that they want to try as well regardless of like what it is if you've got like an idea or whatever and um 
you know you've got something you want to share or a character or something like that I think it's empowering to try and like encourage other people to do the same thing as well but I think mainly just like taking up that space just being who I am and taking up that space is hopefully like validating for for people in like the same community as me defo and I liked your point about um that you don't need to be queer or working class to look at you as a source of inspiration as someone who's just following their dreams and creating content they want to make and you yeah, know be, like being led by their passions so definitely that's really cool. it's all about taking risks as well you have yeah. to take risks even if it's a risk as small as like posting a tiktok that's floppelina you've, <laughs> you've you've just got to do it whether it's you know otherwise yeah. sometimes there's bigger risks than that but you have to take risks and you have to get you have to get through like the uh-huh. kind of stuff before you start yeah into the cool stuff you know giving yourself the ick a little yourself, bit oh my gosh give myself the ick all the time so it's gotta bad. Be done. <laughs> got to be done it's part of the process yeah finally what's next for you where, where do you see your content going do you see it changing direction I know that you're you're an actress as well or actor what's coming up so I think for me I want to continue um acting I really enjoy sort of um you know acting in comedies and things like that and obviously I've just been a series regular in Everyone Else Burns on Channel Mm -hmm. 4 um Mm -hmm. which was honestly like a dream come true really yeah it's all I've ever wanted to do since I was a kid um is is sort of have a role like that in a show like that Mm -hmm. um so I can just sort of continue auditioning and things and hopefully secure a few more parts um mm-hmm. I'm currently writing I've got a um, something in development at the minute with a um major broadcaster so as soon as I can say more about that I will um exciting but yeah so I think I just I want to carry on acting I want to carry on writing mm-hmm. um I'm really enjoying doing stand-up as well at the minute I'm currently writing a one-woman show um which is gonna be well which is gonna heavily feature tiktok lesbian you heard it here first amazing anyone that wants to come and watch an hour of tiktok lesbian i will be there keep 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 an eye out for for (laughs) shows um and then i think with regards to tiktok just carry on like posting stuff that makes me laugh like it makes me laugh so much and um i think it's quite a safe thing so i might I might venture out and try some like different characters and please do give yeah it a try. and just sort of sort of give it a go give myself the ick I'm sure but yeah I think just give it a go and and I feel like I've I've got a really nice um supportive audience behind me and like my followers and stuff like that so um I'm kind of excited to see where that's gonna go and I'm just gonna con- just continue exactly how I'm going really Oh, I'm Hopefully. so pleased for you. And it's just Thank it's you. so exciting watching your journey. And I'm so pleased that you've been able to come on the podcast and chat. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Soph. This is the season finale. So please remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast and get in touch with me on social media for whoever you want to see in season 10 of Mads World. Peace.